but I'm busy with a lot of things. <laughs> There's like life. a lot of things I got going on. There's a on. lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff in You're my probably mind. unaware of the, the puppet trajectory that I'm on. If I asked you what trajectory you, you thought I was on. Have you been following the new puppet economy? <laughs> right. Because we are really in a boon time. Right, yeah. We're, the puppet gig economy, it's uh, it's called, I don't know what the puppet it's app is. It's my new cryptocurrency. <laughs> called. It's called. Uh, it's called um, Foam Jaw. Phone jaw. Yeah. Yeah. No, but seriously, if, if you could get booked at like at like Uber but for puppetry, if somebody's like, What do you guys want to do tonight? You guys want to get a you guys want to get a puppet show going on? Honestly- Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. This time to throw down, y'all. Have you thought about a visit to Disneyland during your vacation? Waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Join the happy people of all ages. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. The happiest country on earth. Welcome to Cobwebs and Phantoms, a podcast about magic, frights, and bumps in the night. On this episode, we're talking about Black Widow makes an early arrival, characters return to the most magical place on Earth, a nightmare scenario happens at Disneyland for the most hyperbolic headline of the week, Marsha Lucas lets her opinions fly about the Disney Star Wars trilogy, and in our main segment, we start off the spookiest of seasons by listening to and discussing the classic Disney album, The Chilling, Thrilling Sounds of the Haunted House. My name is Scott, Dark and Stormy Night, and with me is my brother on the mic, Afterlife Aaron Robbins. Oh, Afterlife Aaron Robbins. I thought you were going to say, like, Aaron, absolute, like, really humid and just clammy. Clammy. Clammy <laughs> Robbins. Sli- slightly oh. not feeling well. Yeah, it's just kind of under the weather, yeah. Robbins. Welcome to episode 78, the 78. first of our second annual Cobwebs and Phantoms. You don't like when I throw in Fanta instead, when I say Cobwebs and Fanta. Right. Because, it, you know, because sugary drink is probably more scary than a Phantom, but not the name of this particular session. No, there's a whole thing. Yeah. There's a whole thing. People go like, why would you call it Fanta? Yeah. It's like, deadly. I guess so, if you drink enough of it. A lot of it, yeah. Hey, happy hey, October happy to October. You. What have you done so far? Have you been to a pumpkin patch yet? Corn maze? Have you have you done anything fun? I haven't done anything fun. Okay, Because awesome. it's been 92 degrees every single day. Still a little hot here in, yeah, in, in this area. This, I went to Apple Hill last week. You did? How was I it? Did. It was, honestly, it was amazing. Apple How Hill. Apple Hill is a... Explain for our listeners what Apple Hill is. It is the most amazing thing that can accidentally sort of happen to an area for the fall. It's it's a it's a couple of, you know, some streets up in the foothills of apple growers. And by streets, I mean like long country roads yeah. with farms on them. Uh, and there's a bunch of apple growers that open up their farms. It's during, in the foothills of the Sierra. Yep. It's, it's you know, I don't know, 60 miles from Tahoe, something yeah. like that. And uh, so you go drive around up there and all the farms open up their 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 farms to you to pick apples and to engage in festivities from fishing get to donuts, fun. hot we apple got, cider. Yeah, you can get all sorts of stuff. Cold apple cider because it's 92 degrees out. Cold apple cider, some apple fritters, apple donuts, you know, fudge, what, whatever you want. Uh, it's just you can get fall stuff. It's let's fun. Get, let's get real in the weeds right now. Okay. Let's, let's really real, lose an audience real here. Real in the weeds about give me Apple your, Hill. Give me your number one favorite farm up in Apple Hill. 
I mean, the one we visit the most often is whatever High Hill uh, okay. by Boa Vista, which yeah, has Boa Vista, but that has the fishing and the fudge. Sure, and it's because it's the biggest, and you get the more bang for your buck. Yeah. But we really like uh, we really like Denver Dan's because the family that owns it's nice, and they do the they do the little apple thing where they put the apple on your thumb, they cut it, and then they put it on your thumb. And we have pictures of our kids doing that every year. I've never been there. Denver before. Dan's, yeah. So right. There's a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch of them. It's really fun. So we hit that, and then went up to Tahoe, and then came back down. That was the most halloween thing i've done yet this year we uh decorate a little bit of the front yard for halloween so we have we have lights up right now for the most part we dug our graves (laughs) yeah that's uh, fun our unmarked uh yeah you're just the open plots in the front yard you know it's just the little theming it's the little things that we do to (laughs) celebrate when six feet just regulation regulation california you got to be up on on that well you don't want to get fined exactly (laughs) so not so much uh well i mean we're getting costumes planned out and all that type of stuff but again, it's just, it's too hot in California for me right now. And yeah. this is the same problem smoky. I have every, and still smoky. This is the problem that I have every year is like where I grew up right now is the magic time where it's, you bring out your vest, you're wearing your vest, yeah. maybe even a long sleeve shirt. Seasons actually start to change. Seasons start to change. And going to a place like Apple Hill means that it is chilly right. and you're having hot apple cider and apple donuts and that type of thing. And that never happens here. So yeah. I feel like... Or you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen. End of November. And I am and I'm, I always get nervous because I'm like, am I going to be sweating during Halloween? Oh, probably, yeah. And generally that's the case. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Right on. Right. Episode 78. Uh, anything else going on before we get into like, uh, oh, goodness, be careful. Sorry. Before we get into that, I'm pretty excited. I mentioned about the- last week oh, that right, my right, oldest right. is turning 13. That's right. You were going to watch Stranger Things and Goonies, and Goonies. And how'd that all go? Oh my gosh, it was wonderful. We watched Goonies first. He fell in love with it. Yeah. And then later that weekend, we started Stranger Things. And let me just say, Stranger Things is such a good show. Yeah. It's really just, we just got done doing a lot of minutes on our Patreon about our love of the 80s. Uh-huh. Why we believe... 1984 and 1985 are possibly the best years to have been a kid. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like is that's just a obvious is, is obvious thing. Yeah. And uh, Stranger Things takes place in 1983. Yeah. And it just really captures the magic of that time being a kid. Yeah. Uh, and it's just just so good. So again, finding magic, power, and nostalgia. Stranger Things is one of those things that for me as an adult, uh, I look back and I go, yeah, it just it captures that, and especially because it takes place in the Midwest, so it captures oh, that sure. feeling of, of me growing up. Uh, we watched uh, Penelope and I. The family started watching this show called. Started watching it because it's a little, it's a little old for them, but uh, it's called Only Murderers in the Building. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean it is, but the, the awesome thing about it is it has Steve Martin and on Martin it. Short and Martin Short. But I have this thing for Steve Martin because of just growing up with him yeah. in the eighties, and he, you know, got his start on Main Street, Street in the magic, magic shop, shop, and he just has this this presence about him that you know it's it's been gone from the screen for a little while, yes. and then he, you know, he's playing with uh, the Steep Canyon Rangers doing his banjo thing. Which yep. he is fantastic yep. at. So to put him on the and screen, he has a touring show with Martin Short. Yeah, and I've seen it. They're funny. They're, they're really funny yeah. together. So to put that on the screen and let and let Penelope watch it for a little while without not knowing who Steve Martin is and just see like, so what did you like? Who did you like? And she's like, oh, I like I like that guy with the hat and stuff. And I was like, that Steve Martin, he's so amazing. Isn't he? Is he not? infinitely charming yes he just is like yes. he just is he, he just is. is there's just something about him on hulu for our listeners who may be interested on yeah. Hulu. yeah should we do the news now i think we should do the news i don't know anything else i'd like to do more than the news
Hey. Oh, wait, what happened? Oh, you know what we did? We cackled in the news. We didn't yodel in the news. We cackled it in. You're still cackling in the news. You're recovering from it. You shouldn't do that at your age. This is dangerous. Aaron. What's up? We did cackle in that news. Cackled it in. We did. Hey, Black Widow. Yeah, they settled, huh? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh. Maybe they did. Oh, they definitely did. This is did. what I do know. Oh, tell me what, what you know about Black Widow. Black Widow was going to, it was Premier Access. It still is Premier Access. Okay. On Disney+. You Plus. still have to pay to watch Black Widow? Actually, let me correct myself. Errata hand gestures. Yeah. By the time you were listening to this episode, it is now free on Disney+. Okay. Plus. It was going to be released later this month. Right. For Disney+, Plus to, or for, for not Premier mm-hmm. Access. Hmm. So what you're saying is that Disney settled the lawsuit with Scarlett Johansson and their first move after settling this was to stop the the thing they agreed to give her money for from making any more money. Well, I mean, that's a real cynical is, is way that, of looking at it. Is that a real push I mean, on if, my part? If you want, I, guess I if only you want to, just thought of that. But I guess if you want to sequence these things uh, and try to draw some sort of conclusion, okay. quote unquote, from it. As you know, Scarlett Johansson sued Disney because she was not receiving, she alleged a breach of contract where she was not receiving the points that she was owed in the box office yeah, receipts man. of Black Widow. Apparently, Disney has reached a settlement yeah, with Johansson regarding that. And um, now, as a res- not as a result, just conveniently, just yeah. by pure convenience. By pure convenience by- and arbitrarily. It just, they're not, you now you can get uh, that earlier Black, than you Black thought. Black Widow is now being released on Disney Plus earlier than what was anticipated. That's so odd. I... I don't care to conjecture on that. I'm just happy we can enjoy the movie. That's my point, Aaron. Excellent. I don't care about what happened in this lawsuit. I don't care who got what, who didn't get what. It is a benefit for Disney all Plus subscribers. society. For all society. For all Disney Plus subscribers that they get to enjoy a subpar MCU film. Absolutely. Earlier than was anticipated. Excellent. We're closing the coffin on the the tale of ScarJo's lawsuit and opening the door to some 10 rings right now. 10 rings. Because that's what I need. I need some 10 rings. Right on. And I'm willing to pay for it at this point. Yeah. To bring it home. To bring it home, yeah. Not not to the theater. What else you got? Well, other than being able to celebrate that uh, ScarJo's depiction of Black Widow will be in everyone's family room. Yay. By the time you're listening to this, there's some news that came out about Walt Disney World, yeah. the most magical place on earth, mm-hmm. and that there are going to be some things returning to Walt Disney World that were, uh, that were that have been lacking as a result of COVID. Among those is the Indiana Jones Sun Spectacular. Oh, you're so happy. Which I'm very happy yep. about. I would be even happier if they retooled the show in the time that was down that to was make down, it, yeah. to update it since when it opened in 1989, yeah. well, It's like the longest break it's ever had. It is. The stunt performers are like, we don't even really remember, like, maybe we should update it because we don't really remember how it went. Did I ever tell you that I almost auditioned for that show? I don't know why you didn't audition for I that I almost show. auditioned for it. What part? The Boulder? Indy. Oh, Indy, yeah. Yeah, but I was like, I, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have that stage combat training that they need. Yeah. But man, would that have been a wish for You'd probably still be there right now. I probably would be. I'd probably we're, be returning this Returning week. to work. Scott like, Storm and the- Coming and back. The, and the Bump to the Bump Bumps. That's right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, in addition to Scott Storm and the Bump to the Bump Bumps, Yeehaw Bob uh-huh. uh, is going to be returning to Disney's Port Orleans Resort, uh-huh. Riverside. Yeehaw Bob is a- uh, it, 
Uh, let me give you a context. Please do, because I don't know what this is. Uh, Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. Oh, okay. Yeehaw Bob. Yeehaw Bob is a Billy Hill and the Hillbillies uh, Is it just one analog. of them? Does he have a, a group with him? No, I don't believe so. I think oh. it's just him. But he's got that sort of twangy thing. He's got that the sort of twangy thing. That's right. Yeah, right on. Fiddle, not a violin. Fiddle. Well, he's he, he plays piano. Oh, yeah. Not, not either. Okay. So they got more stuff coming. They I, do have more I hear stuff. Iridescent coming. Mickey is coming. Iridescent. Iridescent. E A R. Yeah. Iridescent Mickey is coming, and they're actually going to be returning some indoor character meet and greets. Right now. Yeah. I would say this was news. And I suppose it is in some ways it is because the fact is, it's is what that we call step news. It, it's a sign. It's a step, up. It's a step it's a in the right step direction. In the right direction. A step in the right direction after all. Right. After all. After all. Before character interactions were outside selfie distance. Kind of moving. Kind of moving. It's like a drive by character interaction. Yeah. Or you would walk past them and they'd wave to you Hi. and it was sort of impersonal. Oh, hello. Even though you yes, mentioned that you had. visit today. Who's that, that wasn't Mickey. It was, was that, what character? It was, was one that? of the princesses. A nondescript. Oh, it yeah, it was just a princess. It was a nondescript princess. It was just princess, princess. Oh, it was princess, princess. Exactly. Indoor meet and greets. Indoor meet and greets, which means that guests will be able to have one-on-one interactions with yeah, with characters. The, yep, that's fun. Still socially distanced. Still no. Hugging, but, but private time. They'll come around a corner and have, have, a, have a like, oh, hello, I love you. Dressed like a princess too. Which I'm really curious to know how they're going to manage that with the little kids. Yeah, that their instinct is to run up to those characters. So yeah. I wonder. Right now, there are barriers that prevent you from getting access to those characters. I wonder if those barriers are still going to be there, except it's just now one-on-one meetings. Easy. Meet. Elsa and Honor behind ice. Oh, yeah. uh, Briar Rose is behind uh, a thorny, thorns. a thorn thorns. stuff. Yep. Snow White is, uh, you know, cleaning, and that's enough. Like slippery floor, slippery floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you don't get too close. Just yeah, like, I don't get close, and I don't know. I got and, other uh, ones. Ariel's is uh, in a fishbowl. Fishbowl. So it's like it's go. all storytelling. Yeah, that's theming. It. Yeah, I love that. What do you do with Rapunzel? You just put her in a tower. You just put her in a tower. Nice. Yeah, I like this. Let's keep going. Okay, well, who else you got? Mulan. Horseback. Really, She's on a horse. Really tall legs. Really tall horse. Really tall horse. Not her. Yeah, I meant that the horse really has tall eight horse. foot legs. Could she high five Rapunzel? Is it that tall of a horse? It's half the height. Okay. So they could see each so other. How many hands is that? How many horses? It's a nine hand horse. It's a nine hand horse. <laughs> of course. It's a big horse. Yeah, it is. It's a really? It's a Who else you got horse. for me? Give me somebody else. Uh, how about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go obscure on this one. Moana, she's on a raft. In a little lake. You can't get to oh, her. Oh, that's good. You can't get to her. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, she's uh, water, water. I was going to say waterlogged. That's not right. Water, yeah. She's... Water is like a water barrier. Exactly. Okay. How about Hercules and Megara? How about that? Let's go obscure. Yeah. What do we do there? A chariot in, the, in a cloud. Oh, okay. Oh, I like this. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. Can I keep going? Of course. Aladdin and Jasmine. Uh, inside a genie's lamp. There was some kind of, kind of no, on a flying uh, carpet. Oh, I was going to say hourglass. Cause remember yeah. when, uh, Jafar yes. trapped, uh, Jasmine. But I want to get my picture taken with him. Like you can, he's in an hourglass. He's in an hourglass. Can he breathe in there? I don't know. Not sure. <laughs> Probably. We didn't really test you're, this out ahead of time. You're asking a lot of Imagineers. They had to come up with the idea. I'm sure they and figured build it, it out. I'm sure they had come up with it in a very short period of time. Yeah. It was under duress. So he's, he's probably fine. What else you got? Chip and Dale. Hmm. Well, there are, yeah. Uh, like a mountain of nuts, perhaps? 
Or like maybe a, just yeah. a, a no. Like, this is perfect. It's like a it's like an apple display at a grocery store, but acorns. Yep. And so if a kid were try to come up, it, it would falls just on it would just kind of fall down, but it recircles. It goes underneath like a bubbler, like a drink bubbler. Ah, like and then a, the acorns come yeah, back. Yeah, like a up. horchata bubbler. A horchata bubbler of acorns that Chippendale are on top of, so you can't get to them. Oh, I I, I want to play with a rodent during COVID times. It's like you can't it's slippery. You can't get up those acorns. You don't have the climbing skills. You oh, don't have the see, forearm dexterity. My thought. Oh, I see. So as they, cli- as they climb up, yeah. they slide down. Yeah, the, the acorns come I loose. It, I thought it like was an avalanche that fell on the child. No, but no. like in a cute way. Like Yeah. Like you a know, foam avalanche. Playful. Yeah. Are we done with this bit? Donald Duck's on a boat. Yep. Mickey Mouse doesn't get sick. What so about he's Jessica fun. Rabbit? <laughs> yeah. Um, clearly... <laughs> Clearly, she's uh, surrounded by dip or something. She's, oh, uh, she's on right. Like a, she's on a barrel. It was a trick question. Jessica Rabbit's not at Walt Disney World. Oh, it wasn't. I gotcha. You totally. I totally gotcha. Um, but she could be there investigating a crime. I think she only investigates crime in Mickey's Toontown. Yeah, that's her jurisdiction. I think jurisdiction. it's out, outside of her jurisdiction. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, arguably, I guess if Mickey's Toontown Fair was still there, like maybe there's maybe a little jurisdictional confusion. Right. But I think for the she most part, she was there on vacation, uh, and then a crime happened, and she was mm. like, and she was forced like, back into it. I can't not investigate it. And they're like, "You're out of your league," and turn in your badge and gun. And she's like, she's like, "Don't give me any of this jurisdiction yeah. BS." Exactly. Like, I'm here to enforce the law. <laughs> they're right. like, "Are you sure you're not here to do a cabaret act?" <laughs> no. She's like, "I don't do that. I left that life behind me." Yeah. See, do I look like that with my hair and my earrings and my face? I mean, a little. <laughs> no. no, I'm not trying to stereotype you. I'm not just, at all. I guess, sir, I was here on vacation. The crime's been committed, and that's that's it. She's like very close to Bruce Willis and Die Hard, but Jessica Rabbit. She's sort of like the John McClane of Toontown. Exactly. A lot of people yeah. are thinking about calling it Die Hard Six, but they're like, let's just call it Jessica Rabbit's Toontown. All right, that was a fun game. What other news item you got? Character meet and greets coming back. You sort can meet, of character sorta. meet and greets coming Socially back. Socially distance indoor character meet and greets. Let's talk about what multiple Orange County news reports are referring to as a nightmare scenario. Yeah, I read all of this. A nightmare scenario is unfolding for Disneyland pass holders. The thing that annual pass holders were afraid would happen? It's bum, absolutely bum, bum. happening. What is this thing that's happening, Aaron? Do you want to explain what this n- quote I mean, I'll quote nightmare, nightmare scenario quotes is. is happening. What is happening is that we are in, we are within the season of being able to um, magic. Make reservations. Make reservations. Yeah. If you're a magic key holder, you, the, the reservation system is up and running. You can make a weekend reservation or you can make a, a daily weekday reservation. You can reserve your time to go attend the Disneyland Resort. And there's a bunch of there's a bunch of caveats to this. Like if you make a reservation and you don't attend it, you'll get charged a fee or something for right. like booking. So they have, Disney has all, you know, kind of have this all They've figured out. They've revamped their whole annual pass program, basically. And how you do it and the technology that's right. powering it and all the rules behind it. But people were afraid that like once they let down that gate and let people start making reservations, you're not going going to be able to make a reservation until 2026 and you're just it's going to be awful and what's happening currently is that they're reporting that maybe some of this behavior is happening but if you wanted to make a daily reservation right now you would have to wait till october 21st to book that reservation because all the reservations are booked up until up until time. october 20th which is you know which is like 15 days away or i was something gonna like say that. it's not that far away yeah it's two weeks away so they're t- and then um, the weekend, if you want to go to Disneyland on a weekend, you essentially have to wait till December 1st to do that. Aaron, I have a question for you. 
Also, it, there's a headless horseman running around the reservation system throwing pumpkins at people. That's probably what they meant oh, by the nightmare part. Man, that's wonderful. Yeah. What's your question, Scott Storm? If you read the headline that said a nightmare scenario unfolds at Disneyland. Here's what I'm thinking. Are you thinking, oh, annual pass holders can't get reservations to attend on the days that they want to attend for, for two, two weeks? Two weeks daily and a few Is more. That, when, when a headline comes out that says that that's the nightmare scenario that happened at Disneyland, is that the first thing that goes the thing to your mind? in my head is, is you go to make it and it goes, oh, we, don't have any re- uh, we don't have any record of you being a magic key holder. We mean, we know you paid, but we just, we lost all of those reservations. Yeah. And that would be more of a nightmare to me than just like. I mean, I'm thinking there's probably other steps in my mind. Maybe I'm a very creative thinker of what a nightmare scenario at Disneyland would look like. And pass holder confusion is really low on the list. And it's not even, I mean, I don't know if it's confusion, but it's also this, this news story is one of those news stories that if you twist it, if you just twist the outcome, not if you twist the way you phrase it, it's actually a good thing, which is lots of people have been able to yeah. make reservations and also, reliably. The whole, uh, the whole crowd control aspect is that's working. been put in place is working. I, this is Disneyland is not going to be as crowded as it was before yeah. because we are putting we're throttling the amount of people that are coming into this park. So when Brock logged, when Brock Eisner logged in and he was like, but I want to go tomorrow. But I want to go now. They were like, that's a nightmare scenario. But it, lots of people I've got reservations. I've been reserva- an annual pass holder since 1980. I had the Brock key. I wait. Not my, broccoli, Brock key. My Brock key still fits. It's Star Tours. I get my yeah. own speeder. That's the nightmare scenario is that it, the system's working. The capacity is Good in Brock check. Eisner callback, by the way. We haven't Brock hasn't been on our show for a and while. And I miss him. If I can be honest with you, I miss him. All right. I that's that's the nightmare scenario. And I miss you, Aaron. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, Broccoli. No, my name is Brock. Brock Keyholder. I actually think it's Breck, but <laughs> oh, we've right. leaned into this thing long enough. <laughs> you're right. It is Breck. Do you think he's named after Breckenridge, Colorado? He is. He is. Is he really? Yes. His name is Breckenridge they Eisner. Just, they just picked. Uh, they just picked the location they have the most houses in. So I we think got the six so. in they LA. Own Breckenridge. <laughs> yeah, we're going to rename we it Eisner. Eisner we, got, we got the fourteen houses in Breckenridge, so we should go with that. We love the Eisner family. Oh my gosh! So much. Trying, still trying really hard to get them on the show. We're trying really hard. They're really obsessed with soccer right now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. If I saw Michael Eisner, I would just be like, "Thank you." Hey, man. You know what? Tough break. Maybe you were a little tough on some people. Some of it was okay. Some of it was a lot really of it was good. Okay. Didn't he do Overboard with Kirk Douglas and somebody else? I think he might have. <laughs> right on. More news. More news. Feed me news. All right. Let's get into the juiciest news story. Oh, my goodness. Of this Halloween season. I was uncomfortable. Season. What is it? What is it? So, Marsha Lucas. Yeah. Famed ex-wife of George Lucas. That's right. Who is also responsible for editing A New Hope. That is correct. Along with other uh, movies. For example, she was, I think, a principal editor or an editing managing editor on Taxi Driver. But she edited A New Hope. And she is credited with saving that movie. Yeah, there's some legend and lore about that, about how the original cut of it was a little wonky. And she's like, you got to put this here and take that here. And so she sort of was, was one of the responsible for the tightness of she's Star yeah Wars. she's the one that uh, really um made the pace of the millennium falcon tie fighter fights 
uh, and, Which also, is and also the, tr- the trench run. She was really responsible for the pacing of those scenes. The pace of the whole movie. When you when you when you look at Star Wars, here's one of the fun things about Star Wars: is when you were a kid and you thought about watching it, and you're like, oh, I really want to watch it. You could almost hit it scene for scene in your head and yes. be like, I kind of just did. I feel yep. like it, it's paced so well yes. and so tight uh, that that you can do that. So uh, what did she have to say? So she is obviously very very. Uh, What's the word I want to use? Very uh, loud, adamant, opinionated, invested. I wasn't going to use any Passionate. Okay. Knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. I was, go okay, was way off. I was going to go with knowledgeable. She's a real data Wars driver. What does she got? What kind of data is she driving well, over there? Well, I mean, I, she's she's very close to Star Wars. Yes. Right? For Emotionally. M- emotionally close to Star Wars for a multitude of reasons. Yes. Uh, she, she and George Lucas uh, divorced quite publicly, I think, in the... 80s, right before Temple of Doom came mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Uh, both uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg went through divorces at that time. Oh, wow. I didn't uh, know that about Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. It's the reason why Temple of Doom is as dark as it was, yeah. believe it or not. He's working through some stuff. Well, they're both working through some stuff. But anyways, Marsha Lucas, uh, very, very close to Star Wars source material. She did an interview recently for the... the Highlights magazine. For, <laughs> She did an interview with Goofus and Gallon. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I should also say she also edited American Graffiti. Sorry, just a little movie. Did she uh, that really? Yes, yeah, she was in a. She was a editor she on. Might be a genius. I know she's obviously incredibly talented when it comes to post production work. Anyways, she did an interview for Howard Kazanjian's book, uh-huh. A Producer's Life, and Howard Kazanjian. Mm-hmm. Was a producer on. Just so Empire. listeners know, you literally have been practicing that last name for. Well, a, yeah, you knew that for an half you an hour. It, you could have made it sound like I just I nailed it. Just nailed first it first time because you put effort into the show, and I think people deserve to know that. that you really, says, really making them peek behind the curtain there. Yeah, just of how much I struggle with that last name. It's difficult because I think the Kazanjian is silent. Is what the problem you're having? Kazanjian. Yeah, and she was interviewed in it, and she says of Kathleen Kennedy who is currently running Lucasfilm. Yeah, she said it, not us. She's, she said this, not us, but I'd be curious to see how much you agree with this. Ooh. She said, I like Kathleen. Okay. I always liked her. She was full of beans, which I don't know what that means. Yeah. She was really smart and really bright, really wonderful woman, and I liked her husband, Frank. I liked him a lot. Now that she's running Lucasfilm and making movies, it seems to me that Kathy Kennedy and J.J. Abrams don't have a clue about Star Wars. Mm. They don't get it. And J.J. Abrams is writing these stories. When I saw that movie where they killed Han Solo, I was furious. I was furious when they killed Han Solo. Absolutely, positively, there was no rhyme or reason for it. I thought, you don't get the Jedi story. You don't get the magic of Star Wars. You're getting rid of Han Solo? And then she goes on to talk about the loss of Luke in The Last Jedi. Right. And she says, they have Luke disintegrate. They killed Han Solo. They killed Luke Skywalker. And they don't have Princess Leia anymore. And they're spitting out movies every year, and they think it's important to appeal to a woman's audience. So now their main character is this female who's supposed to have Jedi powers, but we don't know how she got Jedi powers or who she is. It sucks. The storylines are terrible, just terrible, awful. You can quote me, J.J. Abrams, Kathy Kennedy, talk to me. Oh, interesting. Wow. Wow. Scathing-ish, adjacent, scathing near. I was gauntlet thrones Dur- for the yeah, most part. very 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 direct and i think echoes a lot of uh sentiment that a lot of fans feel a lot about. of fans feel and are, are unsure how to how to phrase that without sounding a specific way right. because there is it there is the question are those entertaining movies and the answer is yes they yes. are you like spaceships you like 
planets, you like all that sci-fi stuff, they are they are entertaining movies. You can't get away from that. Do you like those movies for Star Wars, Canical, what happened to the characters? Right, does it, does it continue the mythos that was established yeah. by the classic trilogy? The mythos, the character arcs, the where those characters would, would logically be right. in those arcs. Is it fair to say, since you've been gone, these people this have had what's epiphanies happened. about the way right. life is, and it's very different. Luke went through a midlife crisis. Like, yep. it's, it, yep. Is that fair to introduce that trope and use that sort of off-screen coming to terms with something this thing happened with uh, adam driver and in, in, in his abs his abs and so we have to i can't be a jedi anymore and he's like, got to take his shirt off and he has to he's got to look at those abs so i think i think she's more she i think is less commenting on them as entertaining sci-fi films which they undeniably are and important films in the star wars saga right which, which is difficult to answer that question a lot of mid mid to high star levels star wars fans say that they are not they are not their star wars they don't understand where these came from they're sort of a you know they were a thought out effort to kill the old star wars yes. and introduce something new and they very literally killed the old star wars and introduced something new now i think that there is uh i think that there is some certainly credence and i think if anybody is going to feel a sense of ownership over Star Wars yeah. other than George Lucas. It's going to be a woman like Marsha Lucas. Yeah. And so I think obviously she's very, she holds it very dear to to her. And I think her, her articulation, like you said, is in line with what a lot of, I would say high level Star Wars fans feel about the Disney trilogy. Or like legacy Star Wars fans, like people that have, have, have invested in it other than just like, all right, you guys had your Star Wars. Right. Here's uh, the new Star here's Wars. Here's the new now, Star right? Wars. You guys like it? Or like, I don't know, maybe. And now there are some things that she says where I just category categorically disagree with. Like okay. there's the death of Han Solo I felt was incredible. We've never talked about these movies together. I actually look forward to doing a review with you because you and I have never discussed this, yeah. the Disney trilogy. We've never reviewed any of these movies. Right. And we've never even had off the mic conversations. We really about haven't. That our, is very, feeling about that is very true. But I, but uh, you know, as far as, Han Solo goes, that scene, that death, I thought was incredibly impactful. I think it could have been more impactful in the way it was written, To be, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. But her taking umbrage with that, I don't necessarily disagree with. The other stuff that she says, I think is problematic. I think it continues to be problematic. I think the origin of Rey and her powers, I don't mind that not everything is explained. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can certainly see where she takes shots at... Uh, the development of Rey as a Jedi and how that is challenging for those of us who hold the classic trilogy as being the high water benchmark of Star Wars storytelling. Yeah, agreed. I'm I'm looking forward to reviewing those with you. It's weird that I think I just assume you and I have, of course, we've talked about that for hours on all those campouts. We've totally talked oh, about this, but we, yeah. but we never have discussed we've never those, once those talked Wars. about. It. In yeah. fact, I remember before we started this podcast that Rise of Skywalker came out. And we exchanged two sentences about it. Yeah. And then I said, we should sit down and talk about this some more. And you said, yeah, we absolutely should. And we never have. Yeah. Instead, we talked about other things for 78 episodes. Yeah, like Karate Kid. We like talked about Karate Kid, Kid all the time. Who knew? If I knew you were a Karate Kid fan, we would have oh started this gosh. podcast years ago. Years ago. Before Decades we even ago. knew each other. Before we knew each other. Well, that's interesting that, uh, that she put that out there. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. I think, you know what it is? It's just that thing where uh, Star, War fan, Star Wars fans who feel validated are right. going to be like, yeah, that's right. Somebody understands yeah, us. I think you're right about and that. And other people are going to be like, yeah, of course she was going to say that. She wasn't involved in these. So yeah. uh, I just think it's interesting. Yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting to hear somebody who is that close to the classic trilogy articulate the problems that they have with this new trilogy yeah. and not necessarily miss the mark on it either. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, and I hope that, I hope something good comes out of this. Me too. I think it's an, it's an age old story of, of, of the new thing saying that, yeah, but that's where it was and it's not there anymore. And you really need to get, you really need to get with where we're at and you can't be stuck in the past. And somebody from the past being like, no, this is the foundation of everything. Yeah. There's a reason why this is, there's a reason why this was special and that this thing is not as special as this was. History, history fights progress. And when they, when they can figure out how to do that smartly, which is the hardest thing to do in entertainment. Yeah. Has it ever been pulled off? I wonder, has it ever been pulled off? Uh, Maybe Psychonauts too. I don't know. Hey, did you know that uh, no. uh, I heard that uh, they- You heard of? I heard of what I heard of was, what I heard of be is that uh, Disneyland filed their permits. I didn't know that Disneyland had to file permits to get permission to do events with inside their park, but for the candlelight processional, sounds like that's definitely happening this year, 2021, uh, because they filed a bunch of permits to build the, you know, the stuff that supports that on Main Street, the stages and the bleachers and whatever supports the candlelight processional. I've never been to one, but that thing's been going on since like 1958. I've been holding my breath since you started that. And how did that go for you? Feel like I thought I was going to pass out for a moment. <laughs> okay, training for the Mavericks. I just didn't want to have any breath on my end of the microphone. Gotcha. As I responded, yes, I also read that the candlelight professional processional, the professional candlelight processional. <laughs> so what you going to do? You a tax attorney? What you know? I'm be a professional candlelight profession. Uh, pro, pro, I was amateur pro, for a while. Paid my dues. <laughs> Paid my dues. When I hold a candle, I get paid now. Listen, I'm part of the union. I'm part of the union. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of uh, local Wicks. local three twenty six. Yeah, and uh, nobody holds a candle like me. Yeah. Nobody can hold a candle against me. Nobody holds a candle to you. Nobody can hold a candle to me. As far as professional hold candle, hold candle holding goes, like me. That's right. The professional candle. And nobody can hold a professional a candle for you because you're unionized. Because I'm unionized, <laughs> exactly. you can't hold that candle. Now let's get an I amateur need to guy hold to that do candle. it. No Maybe scab. Yep. <laughs> nope. Nope. Can't do it. It's coming. 2021. Scab Have you ever seen candle. it? Scandal. Scandals. That's what we call them. Scab sandals? No, we call them scandals. Oh, scandals. Yeah. yeah. Scab candle holders. Exactly. I'm just like, this is a scandal. Yeah. They, they won't negotiate with us. What do, you, what do you got? You ever been to it before? I haven't been to it. Me neither. Uh, but it is returning. And I like the fact that there's that thing that's just been around since like 1950s. 1958. Started by Walt. And I will say too, because the Candlelight Processional... It it does have a religious undertone to it. Yeah. And, you know, it's surprising to me and also just satisfying that Disney goes like, we're going to hold on to these Yeah, things. we're going to do There this. are some traditions that we're going to hold on to, despite the fact that society may tell us, oh, this is not in vogue anymore. You shouldn't be doing it this way. Yeah. I just, I dig that. Stay tuned. What do you say we take a break? Yes, I think we should. And when we, we come back- we take an audio journey. It's going to get spooky in here. It's going to get chilling. Into the terror. Thrilling in here. Yeah, it's going to get chilling and thrilling. Yeah. And maybe even a little spacey. Yeah, it's going to get weird. Oh, it's going to get funky. <laughs> I'm excited. We'll see you in a bit. Welcome back to the show. We're glad you've joined us for this spooky. Oh, it's so spooky, spooky segment. We've put on spooky lighting. Yes. We have a fog machine in here now. Uh-huh. It's very difficult to see. You know see what's you? weird about the fog machines? What's that? Tell me this is not true because I it. believe it is to be true. The fog that comes from fog machines smells kind of good. 
Like it does. It does, it smell. does right? It smells kind of good. It sort of smellitzer. Is yeah. it the little smellitzer? It's like, I don't know what the smell is, but it's not terrible. But I feel like it's the same way that like car exhaust smells good. Right. We're like, this smells good. And then your mother goes like, you can't no, stand in there. You'll that. die. What are you doing? Right. We were going to talk about the Haunted Mansion movie with Eddie Murphy on this episode. We were. And then, so so I think that is coming up. I okay, think we good. will end up talking about the Haunted There's, You know what the thing is? We have four weeks of yeah, Cobwebs and Phantoms, and there's just bunch. so much stuff to talk about. I want to get deep into that Haunted Mansion, though. That episode, that movie. Of the movie. Because it's not good, and I want to I figure out what this thing is. Have you ever seen it before? Yes. I have never seen it before. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So I'm looking forward to discussing this Fam. Tasmic. Oh, Phantasmic. But we were, we ran out of time to watch Haunted Mansion. Right. And so I said, actually, I would love to talk about this album that I grew up with. Yeah. Called The Chilling, Thrilling Sounds of the Haunted House. Very, very important that you get the title right because the title is important and it would be easy for a child or an adult in this time to just accidentally say The Haunted Mansion. Which I always said. Oh, okay, which, right, it, I right. I mean, up until this morning, I kept calling it the haunted mansion, and it's very much what is it again? It's the chilling, the ch- and I often I often say it's the thrilling, chilling sounds of the haunted mansion, but it's not. It's totally the not chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house of the haunted house. Yep. Now this was an album that came, and I when I say album, I mean record album. It's an LP, which it's stood for LP. a long play. That's right. Which means it had more than four songs on it. This came out in 1964, and then was re released in 1973. Now when this came out. It came out in advance of the Haunted Mansion opening up. Right. It would not have been opened up when they, I mean, were they recording some of these sounds for the Haunted Mansion? Is that where they get this library or? In part, it's, yeah. So the, this album is a collection of sound effects, basically creepy sound effects that then half of the album, the the side A. Uh-huh. So again, for our young listeners, the idea of an album is a right. dinner plate sized record uh, what would you say? Information disc? Sure. It's a right? grooved information disc. And you, you have two sides. Stuff on one side and side stuff a on and the other side. A side B. Yeah. Side A were these soundscapes, these stories, these uh-huh. uh, first person. They're or second, they're second person. person. Yeah, second person stories. Second person stories, which is just the whole album is just bizarre. It's but very yeah, bizarre. Second person soundscapes, which means the the narrator is saying, you are walking up you the hill. You are doing this. You, much like a, a Zork or, a, you know, video game. That was a really old reference. A really old reference, but for a even older album. Yeah. So second person sort of soundscapes or, or audio stories. Yeah, setups. And then on the other side of the album, it was all of the individual sound effects right. that used to make up those those audioscapes. I don't know how much we want to go into talking about the history of it, but but the setup of this was, I said, th- I have history with this album. Yeah. Let's talk about this and let's actually have a listening party. Let's listen to these, uh, these, these soundscapes because they're available on Spotify yep. and you can purchase the album on Apple music mm-hmm. and let's, let's talk about them. Let's talk about what our history was familiarity, what we think about it now. But you said this is a perfect launching off point because there was a recent audio soundscape uh, Edition. Uh, series yeah. that debuted on Disney plus this past week. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah. Disney plus I, I saw this thing and I was so excited about it. It's called, I think a galaxy of sounds and it's available on Disney plus now. And I was really excited because I thought it was going to be about the making of 
Star Wars sounds, you oh, know, like how the Foley they, work, like how, yeah, they, the how Foley, they Foley work, work exactly. Yeah. yeah, they they hit tensioned, you know, cables and things right. and all this stuff. And I was like, scuba oh, respirator. Yeah, whatnot, I'm like, oh, all. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get deep in this. They got old archival yeah. footage. Oh and, my gosh, that'd be so yeah, cool. And so I was so jazzed, and I put it on. And it took me, a, you know, a second to realize what was happening. It is, it's literally um, clips, clips from you know Star Wars movies the movies movies that just feature a certain sort of style of sound so it could be spaceships or whatever and the music is just taken out so it's just the yeah, sound effect the music i think is taken out and you just kind of sit back and it plays through uh it would be like if you had an apple remote on the couch and you were watching star wars and your kid put it on a foreign language subtitle only just sound effects and then it was jumping up and down on the couch and so your apple tv was just jumping to oh, different just, skipping vo- be- just different, different locations yeah. and, and that's kind of what it is and i thought is this awesome Jumping close enough to the Apple TV that the Apple TV skipped. Is yeah, that is it? again, let's, yeah, like let's on the remote. With, yeah, yeah. Let's stick with our. our no, that they're on the our, remote. That you know, normally you would slide it forward with your thumb. Yeah. So they're they're jumping on top of the I remote. Know, I was trying to make like a, a record album, like a CD a, or a CD reference. Shoop, boop, boop. Yeah. That's what it is. And I thought, is that it awesome? It just bounces between pieces of movie. Yep. Yep. And just sound effects, no dialogue or anything like that. Just. Wah, 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 yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's lame if I'm going to be okay. honest with you. Yeah it, yeah. it wasn't something that was even like that I could put on in the background and feel good about it. I was going to say, is it something that like you could create as ambiance and sort of listen to it as you're doing something else? I think that's genius. An, a Star Wars ambiance, Disney plus thing. That's an hour on Curacao, Curacao, whatever. Yeah. And, but but dude, you have to pace that out for traffic that makes sense. There's a lull that's just right. 15 minutes of sort of stuff, and then maybe you hear some unrest in there. It's like a sound soother. That's you know. Then then I'm I'm down with that. I think yeah. that's an amazing idea. But that's like a wholly <laughs> new created. That's that's all new Foley work at that point. Yeah, borrowing some stuff, but mostly right. new Foley work to create. You know, an hour on Coruscant, an hour on, at a Tatooine bar where you know there's a hush on it. You hear a little yeah. bit of music. Yeah. There's maybe a lightsaber oh goes be on. So cool, like, right? Yeah, I'm like way into that. This is literally just clips. It's the the, the most minimal amount of effort you yeah. have to do to create new content. And so I thought like. I was disappointed because I thought it was something else. I think this could be something really special. And what this is, is um, it's really actually a really popular YouTube channel that just does has quit putting any effort into it. Also, mm. you know, how we used to pay a voiceover artist to like at least read a script of facts over these sounds. Now we just we don't even do that anymore. It's just the, it's sound. just the sounds. It's kind of that. so I, I ended up thinking it's kind of lame. I don't know if you've heard it. Galaxy of Sounds. I put it on a little bit this morning in preparation for the show. Yeah. And it was like, I felt the same way. Like, oh, this is just cutting between scenes that's just sound effects and nothing else. And I was really hoping for soundscapes. I mean, I was really hoping for, oh yeah, this is what it feels like to be on Hoth or Tatooine or Cantina. Like any of those things that you said. Imagine a Hoth sound Would be really, really cool just to have it on as an ambient loop. Now, uh, in my office, sometimes I, I will put on some sort of sound soother. Right. And I've tried to find a Star Wars one of just like floating in space type of thing. Yeah. And I found it, but never with any really great success. It's just somebody that makes it up. Yeah. Yeah. But to have like a Lucasfilm produced totally. soundscape that is Star Wars that, uh, I mean, the idea of like w- the ambience of being inside the Millennium Falcon's co- cockpit yeah. as just flying through space 
would be so cool. Exactly. And it's disappointing that they didn't bother doing this. Yeah. And I, you hope for that because you think these things are weird when you see like, oh, it's a it's a fireplace you can put on your TV for eight hours. It's like, that is weird. But in a specific setting, if you're playing a board game, if you're playing a sci-fi board right. game, it totally makes sense to Absolutely. put on these ambient things. So I wasn't, I wasn't into Galaxy of Sound. And then you brought up this idea so oddly of reviewing and getting into this, this 1964 uh, sort of creepy Halloween ish yeah. themed album. That's really similar. It but is also really different. So um, I, I don't know about you as a kid. I loved sound effects. I mean, I, I just love sound effects, compilations and right. albums. And, and when I would go to universal studios or, the MGM studios, they would have places where they taught you how Foley work was done. I yeah. always found that fascinating. Yeah. I love the idea. I, I, Star Wars is a perfect example, learning about how they made the sound effects for Star Wars. So, and, and I had a, I had several of these sound effects albums. I remember I had like a space one that just had space sound effects. And so I've always sort of been intrigued right. by that and the compilations and the chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house was one that has stayed in my mind for a very, very long time. Interesting. I was introduced to it really at a really young age. I mean, I remember what the album cover looks like. The album cover is, it actually was originally, I think it was production work for the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, I heard that. Is that the one that's more like orangish and black? Because then there's a white and sort of greenish kind of one. Too. Yeah, that's right. So there was like, there was two out, al- there's in the 1964 uh, album and the 1973 re-release there was production art artwork that had a how basically a creepy house up on a hill and there was like a full moon and and a grave with a skeleton coming out right. of it and a raven and everything like that and then it got re it, a new album came out at some point and we'll show both of these on on our instagram but a new one came out where it was uh Again, it it felt very haunted mansion inspired. Yeah. Oh, I, very much. Yeah, it, very much. You know, just like it had a uh, a Dutch angle with the with the the overgrown lawn and dead trees leading yeah, up to this hundred percent creepy house with a light on. Did you have any familiarity with this album growing up? Nope. I my, I became familiar of it with it whenever you texted me. Really about it? Yeah. This was an album that I never owned, that several of my friends had. And that it scared the living, what's the word I want to use? Uh, magic. Magic out of me. Yeah. It terrified me as a kid. And it like, to the point where I remember thinking back on this album over and over again and remembering how frightened I was by the stories that were being told. Interesting. And it stayed with me for a very long time, that sort of unsettled feeling that you have as a kid when you re- or as an adult when you remember something that scared you as a kid. Yeah. And then I don't know what caused me to look it up, but one day I was on iTunes and I looked it up and it was available for purchase. And oh, I wow. immediately purchased it. Oh, fun. To listen to it and now it's now it's made its way over to Spotify. And to be able to relive this and be frightened by it again, uh, and also sort of laugh at yourself as what what frightened you as a kid is just this delightful thing. Yeah. And I thought it'd be really fun to go through and listen to some of these tracks cool. and see whether or not, yeah, as a kid you should be frightened by this, or no, this is this is absurd. Now, fair disclosure that this was made in 1964, re-released in the 70s. And there, uh, there is one track that is 
I would say not appropriate for our current culture anymore. And that is the, is it the water torture, the one? Chinese water torture yeah, one for sure, where it's just sort of like, Hmm, yeah. you're not going to get away with that whole concept anymore. Right. But other than that, everything on this album is like pretty awesome and very Halloween-y. So I think we're just going to start with the first track, which is called The Haunted House. And each one of these these soundscapes is narrated by a woman called Laura Ulsher, yeah. who was a uh, voiceover radio uh, personality. Yeah, she was in like Mr. Magoo and did a yeah. Pink Panther episode, and she did a bunch of stuff. I think as we listen to this, this is one of the things I'm going to say over and over to you again, which is like, would Disney ever put something like this out again? Or is this just one of those, it's a perfect moment in time, locked in time, you would never see something, you would never hear something like this again. Yeah. So this is the first track. This is called The Haunted House. We'll listen to a little bit of it. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about how we feel. You are a bold and courageous person, afraid of nothing. High on a hilltop near your home, there stands a dilapidated old mansion. Some say the place is haunted, but you don't believe in such myths. One dark and stormy night, a light appears in the topmost window in the tower of the old house. You decide to investigate, and you never return. So, Aaron, you are a kid right now. Yeah. You're listening to this. What's your initial impression as you're listening to this right now? Uh, right now or when I listened to it earlier? Well, whichever. How do you feel? When, I, when I listened to it earlier, it was uh, it was scarier than I thought it would be because yeah. I think uh, I think haunted mansion and haunted house and Halloween sounds have become sort of, there's a cliche-ness to them now. Sure. Where yeah, they're, yeah. they're sort of like, and, and then they've become sort of almost fun in their nature. And so there's a cliche-ness to clanking things and moaning that is not scary. This stuff feels like indie almost. Like somebody... Yeah, in some ways it does, somebody, it? somebody who's really into like haunted house sounds and they went into like an actual like abandoned place and they were like, I'm going to get down on recording some of this stuff. <laughs> so it feels like a like an unreleased indie track of, of sounds. And when you listen to it, it's layered more than, a, than I think a modern album would be right yeah uh, like there's layers of sound back there that'll let your mind listen into it and, and get legitimately scared so a kid in my room at night with the lights off there's like, this no is way terrifying no right? way i get through this album I, I know and and that's that's what it was for me too i mean this this first track is like it sets the stage for what the rest of the album is going to feel like and you can hear the, the moaning and groans and, the, and all it, it the audio scape that's created is very frightening yeah and, uh, and I think it really, really holds up yeah. and it, like, this is a perfect thing that I think you have playing outside of your, uh, outside of your house for Halloween. Yeah, it it might even be too frightening. It is. Yeah. It doesn't sound Disney. Like there's the haunted mansion and I'm trying to think of like what the cute parts of the haunted mansion are, because right. this to me feels very much like the, uh, like the doorway Raleigh crump sort right. of stuff. Like it's, it's a little edgier. It's a little raw. These aren't cute graveyard ghosts. Right. These are like scarier. Like the, sca- the screams are just scary. <laughs> the screams they're, are they're, so frightening. They're just a little more raw. And so I think it is actually, I found it to be very scary. I found the, uh, I wonder how you took it as a kid because I found the second uh, second person 
the POV. Yeah, not that as, you are doing this. Yeah, I found that not as scary for really? me because she's talking to me, and so I I know that I'm still alive now, so I must be fine. I think if they would have done that in third person and told the story of a person that didn't return from this mansion, I probably would have been more scared. But I thought it was very interesting that they did that, that they made it second person. See, for me as a kid, listening to it in the second person of you are doing this, yeah. I imagine myself in these scenarios. Right? It really it really took me, transported me to wherever this was and the very, very frightening scenarios that happen in these different sounds or in these different, uh, they're stories, right? These different audio stories. They're like, yeah, they're like encounters or like setups. They're definitely not stories, but they're like encounters. Yeah, encounters. Right. And so I, I think because it was second person, it felt like somebody telling a ghost story to me that I was a part of. Yeah. And that, that really, really frightened me. Fun. And, and some of these, and some, you know, this album is, less than a half hour long. It's like 26 minutes. Yeah. It's really, really short. But I think it's one of those albums that is just, it's, it's fun to be aware of. Yeah. And especially if you do something with it in terms of either listening to it at Halloween time or put, you know, again, putting it in your window and playing some of the, the sound effects uh, as, as Halloween trick or treating starts happening. The next one is called the long, the very long fuse. Okay. Which you heard, you may have heard some of those those screams uh, underneath us as we were talking about it. Some of those screams are actually uh, there's like this long moaning, uh, this, this long moaning howl. It's like a scream that turns into a long moaning howl, mm-hmm. and that was actually recorded for the Lonesome Ghosts, Donald Duck, uh, Mickey Mouse, Goofy, oh, right. yeah, mm-hmm. uh, short yeah. that was in the in the 30s, yeah. And those are Imagineers, and they're well, I guess at that point they were animators that were just in a room just creating these this these different sound effects yeah, I love that, that they were going to be repurposing into shorts and again some of it was going to be worked into the haunted mansion and it's it's much more terrifying to listen to it on this album than it is to listen to the lonely ghosts this is the very long fuse of course you know what a fuse is it's a long piece of cord impregnated with gunpowder when you strike a match and light it It burns fitfully, sputteringly to its end, at which there is a little surprise. Now, why, as a child, was I terrified by this sound? I don't know. It's, uh, it's so... Like expecting, like it, it creates a, like I don't know what something's gonna happen. Like I don't know anticipation, what it is. right? Yeah, it's the anticipation. Oh, it's almost gone out. I will blow it into life. So again. This is just going on. This is one sound that's just going on for a minute. Yeah. And yet the... I- Poof. You thought there was going to be a huge explosion, didn't you? <laughs> Punchy. hmm And again, this all seems to end in death. All of these things seem to end in death in one way or another. Sure. And I think that that concept just, it gripped me and it terrified me as yeah. a kid. It's such a weird thing to listen to because it's not music. 
the stories aren't complete. They're just ideas. And I think one of the things I heard about it, which we're going to get into later, so you definitely want to, you want to you keep listening. Oh, you're going to want to keep listening. Uh, is that this is, I know, 1964. This is one of the first instances of a commercial product who maybe by design, it was okay that you were going to use this for other stuff. You were going to play right. it at your house yeah. or sample it into other things. But, you know, Star Wars had a long history of making their sounds available or, or not freaking out if you use lightsaber sounds and fan stuff. And I read somewhere that, you know, that this album was used by lots of other people to create other stuff because they were so they were so good. Yeah. I mean, the production quality of the sound effects that are being used here are, and again, on the other side of the album are just the individual sounds. Right. Yeah. And so you can repurpose them in that way. Yeah. What, was there anything uh, in these audio scapes that stood out to you? Any one that you really liked when you heard it that either felt frightening to you? Like again, putting yourself in the position of a child that felt frightening to you. That was uh, unexpected. Do you have any one that, that you enjoyed listening to? Yeah, I, I like uh, on the first uh, we're going to get into, I don't know when we're going to do this, but we're going to have fun with it. Uh, there's a track called, I think it's called Martian Monster, uh, which is a pretty notable track because I believe the the band Fish actually did their own interpretation of it, like a, a pretty long interpretation of it. And so we're going to do our own interpretation of it. Oh, we are? Oh, yeah. Well, let's listen to a little bit of it first. Right. You have been selected as the first astronaut to explore the planet Mars. The countdown is progressing, and your spaceship is about to blast off on its voyage of discovery. Because of the incredible speed of your rocket, your trip... You have something special for us. Oh, yes. Which I'm really looking for forward to. For the listeners, to. yeah. For the listeners, Scott and for and me. are going to do a little voice acting. Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, before we get to that, yeah. because there's like a history behind one of these yeah. tracks. Oh, cool. I, I want to talk about... That was the scariest thing that's ever freaking <laughs> happened to me. Don't ever do that again, Scott Storm. That was legitimately scary. I thought that was the album. I thought haunted angels were playing in my head, but there's some. There's a ghost in the hallway. That was the scariest was thing I've ever Terrifying. Okay. This day is horrible. First, you called an assassin on the phone, and then you turned the music off, and uh, like and a then there's like a ghostly there was like voice. A ghostly voice in the hallway. That was <sighs> I. <laughs> I was so scared because it should be coming from here, but it was coming from out the door. Uh, so listeners, I don't know if you heard what happened, but I turned off the audio. Yes. And then we heard a ghostly voice singing outside of this room. Yeah, not words though, just like, oh. And but it was straight up terrifying. <laughs> the timing was- Like everything today. Spooktacular. Spooktacular. Okay, so I'm going to- Talk to me about the- Oh, you're going to play a- I'm going to play one, one of the ones that really, again, I don't know why, it gripped me as a kid. It terrified me. Oh, interesting. This is an album that when I would listen to it, it was that thing like I wanted to listen to it, but then I, I couldn't I couldn't get through it anymore. Yeah. Like, just turn it off, turn it off, turn did it off. Did you know this was a Disney production? Did it, did, and, did, and did that make you feel like it resonated as safe with you? I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't think- I had any connection with it being Disney or, or maybe I did know it was Disney, but I didn't have a connection with it being with the haunted mansion itself. Yeah. It was just one of those, it was a Halloween album. And when you and I were growing up, I think Halloween albums were a, a regular thing. I remember having one that played the monster mash and uh-huh. yeah. the purple I wouldn't people listen to this. And, I listened to, you know, Sesame street, not right. so scary hoedown. Yes, exactly. But m- my friends who had this album was, it was, you know, the cover was intriguing and yeah. we would listen to it and be terrified. So this is Timber, which okay. is a, well, you listen to it and yeah, you, you'll, you'll understand this. The is, this is the track that scared little Scotty this Storm. This is the track that I probably, I may even wet my pants right now. Okay. You are an expert woodsman. 
You have a very long and very sharp saw under your arm as you go out into the woods to ply your trade. Noting a handsome tall tree, you climb up into its branches and, seating yourself comfortably on a limb, you begin to work. So again, there's nothing in this that is inherently frightening. Right. The setup is, you're a lumberjack. Yeah. And you're cutting down a tree. Yeah, it's a Paul Bunyan story so far. Like, there's nothing really terrifying about it. Not at all. And yet the concept, in my mind, I am up very, very high in a tree. Oh, gotcha. And in my memory, it was someone else was cutting a tree down. Oh, uh, and you were in it. Oh, yeah. It. See, it let, your, it let your imagination really yeah. create the most scariest scenario for yourself. Because I imagine, like, I fell asleep in the crook of a tree. Yeah. And then somebody came along. You were up there eating acorns with Chip and Dale, and somebody's like, this is a good tree to cut down. And you were like... Wait, what's going on? And I'm too high up to yell to them to stop cutting down the tree. Well, that is freaky. Yeah. Almost near the end. (laughs) That scream is blood-curdling. Right. And I think as a child... If you were in the, if your mind is you are falling to your death, that's what death sounds like. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's going to, that's going to leave an impression on you. I think that, I think the thing in totality supports the narrative that your mind came up with, that there was something in the tree and this, this was a no good. It was no good. That was how I remembered it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. From what you heard. Now you had a favorite one. Yeah. That you, uh, inspired you. Uh huh. And that was one called Martian Monster. Martian Monster. Yep. Dear listener is going to be retreated to the Bobsleds and Bantha's first original audio drama oh, set exciting. to Monster Martian Monster off the 1964 thrilling, chilling Halloween haunted sound. So now we're not the first group to riff off of Martian Monster. Yes, the whatever band, the band Fish. The band Fish also has their own interpretation. So it seems like a thing. It's like a thing that people do is they they, they pick what one a of these weird tra- obscure thing. Yeah, to like the band Fish. Yeah. Has this weird, obscure like act that they do now on the regular, right? Based on Martian Monster, which is a track featured on the a Chilling Thrilling, very obscure album. It's like so weird. Yeah, it is super weird. I thought now we, we have a connection weird. with Fish. Yeah, and so we're going to do our own version yes. of it uh, now. So I have a script for you. Your parts are in bold, and you kind of have to. I mean, I cut it into those parts of the thing, and this is supposed to be goofy. So you're really going to need to act here. All right, here we go. been selected as the first astronaut to explore the planet Mars. The countdown is progressing, and your spaceship is about to blast off on its voyage of discovery. Because of the incredible speed of your rocket, your trip is short. Uh, hey Aaron, I don't think we're in the podcasting studio anymore. Oh really? What tipped you off? The lack of gravity or that your hair is even higher than normal? flashing don't touch that or you'll find yourself hitting the stop button on this podcast giving us a bunch of one-star reviews when your ship lands on the surface of mars you are greeted by a hungry welcoming committee hey scott are those giant cookie people uh yeah i think they are look 
They have little chocolate chips for their eyes. They look nuts. Hey, Aaron, don't you hate cookies that have nuts in them? I totally do, Scott. I hate cookies with nuts in them so much, I want to cancel them and then make them do the Jimmy Kimmel show. Oh, no. You really made them mad now, Aaron. Just like you made everyone on the internet mad when you said that the Haunted Mansion wasn't an e-ticket ride. Wait a second. Someone's coming. Is it two guys dressed in white armor, one of them a little shorter than the other? No, it's someone inside a yellow cab with a police siren on top. You mean inside, like, in the trunk? I mean, like, in the back seat? I mean, like, in the front seat? I mean, like, like driving? Oh, hey, look, it's Jessica Rabbit, private eye to Toontown, and Toontown in space. <laughs> she looks hungry. Maybe she'll eat the evil nut-bearing cookie sent here by the cookie lady to do a serious bodily injury. You know Jessica Rabbit can't eat dessert before her veggies. She has the private eye physique to take care of. Well, then... Here, throw her this oversized carrot. Whew, I'm so glad that was a carrot. I thought you were just happy to see me. I'm always happy to see you, Scott. Wow, Jessica Rabbit Private Eye really likes carrots. You'd think she'd save some for Roger. Oh, look, here comes baby Herman, and he's eating all the evil cookies. That baby has a big appetite for destruction. Mm, 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 that was delicious. I wonder what it was. Whoa! Was Baby Herman an alien this whole time? It looks that way, Scott. Now let's blow this thing and go home. What thing? This whole segment, it's awful. I say we hit it with a proton torpedo and get out of here. All I have is this proton pack. Whoa, is that the one they used in the 1984 smash hit Ghostbusters? No, but I'll tell people it was. Oh, what do they say? Usually they tell me Spock was their favorite Ghostbuster because he was a good mentor to Obi-Wan before Darth Maul cut him in half with his umbrella lightsaber. Usually. I think this planet might be making your brain a little confused, Scott. Really? Why? Because Darth Maul didn't cut Spock in half. The minions did. That's bananas! Tell me about it. Now let's go home, Scott. When I'm with you, I already am. Well, that was an adventure, an audio it adventure. Sure was something that was, should be sent to Patreon here live on the podcast. Oh, well, this is what we're just doing. We're just we're being inspired by the chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house. We sure are, and uh, and we're and we're putting we're putting the sound effects on this album to good use. Yeah, we are. It was created with the idea that you might use it to you know create other creative works, and we just had, and so we have, we have it. So that's the chilling, thrilling sounds Yay. of the haunted house. You can listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music. I think you should listen to it. I think it's it's one of those fun things that just relive it if you experience it as a kid and if you've never experienced it before. That it's a gee whiz Disney thing. Yeah, I wonder how many people, how many moms, how many dads were like, "Oh, Disney and the Haunted Mansion," and then put this in. They're like, "Whoa, Whoa. what is no. this?" How many screaming children did this album cause? Yeah, because it's not. Haunted Mansion. It's not cute. I mean, there's the space story there's, there's itself that we did. Cute. Weird. Yeah. yeah, it has nothing to do with the Haunted Mansion. And you go some to of space. it's just downright esoteric. Where yeah. you're like, wait, what's happening? There's dogs. Yeah. There's birds that are attacking. I'm in me. a tree. He's in a tree. The tree's evil. We just killed a tree. Who's driving? Bear is driving. How Lorax can that be? Horror story. <laughs> a Lorax horror story. There you go. So here's a quick question. Yeah. 
Could an album like this, would you ever expect an album like this to be produced by Disney now? No, not not this. Them doing a Halloween album featuring sounds of the Haunted Mansion set with much safer stories. Yeah, yeah, like a ha- totally. like happy Halloween type of stuff. I think that's fun. I don't think you can sell that anymore. I think you can do it as a podcast sure. to promote uh, something happening with the Haunted Mansion. But this sort of like... This is a really magical time of fandom, I think, when companies haven't figured out how to engage their audiences right. yet. And they're like, we don't know what what we don't know what they want. It seems like they want more. We give them like a coaster and they're like, well, we give them some of the sound effects. And they're like, let's try that. I love this. And then exploratory it goes gold. Time. Like yeah. this album went gold as a result. It did. Yeah. And I just love that exploratory time of, of entertainment companies when they when they didn't have social media experts telling them what they should do and how it's got to sound. I love when it was just a little bit odd and a little bit off. And we don't, we don't know. We want to connect with your product. I, I'm just... Honestly, with as many albums that sort of get forgotten in time, I'm really surprised that this is one that is available. Like the whole thing is available. Yeah. Now, again, because of sort of uh, off color, off color, an off color track, I wonder how long it will fully be available. But after we podcast on it, uh, now that we've brought attention to it, it's gone. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. But I, I just think it's, it's neat that this thing is still available for fans to explore it. And, like I said, it's a time capsule for some. Yeah, some for people sure. may be experiencing it for the first time. No, there's this is like Disney would never put something like this no. out now. It's like this is like a Blumhouse uh, right, <laughs> record yeah. album at yeah. this point. Uh, but there's such neat Disney history behind it. There's magic, and I think it is a perfect thing to start off this season of Cobwebs and Phantoms with. I do too, and I enjoyed this episode. Well, I enjoyed Yay! your audio, your audio drama that you, uh, you would you would you do more of that? Oh, totally. Are you yeah, kidding? You I love it. I'm it's, sure. I'm it's sure. It's so much fun. There's no doubt in my mind that our audience would love more audio drama starring Aaron Robinson, your friend Scott Storm. Well, listen, this has been Cobwebs and Phantoms. Yes. Also indeed. known as Bobses and Banthas. We release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon. Other places. Other places that you may get audio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wax cylinders. If it has conch shells, if it has a speaker, it's like a one in 80 chance that you can get bobsleds there. You should just go to go to whatever speaker you can find. Yell into it and yell. I want my bobsleds and banthas. Hey, you got bobsleds in there. What kind of people they got in there? Shake it up. Find out. Shake it up. Shake it up. You are staring into a speaker of some size. You call into it to find out. What lives in that speaker? Oh, it's just mice window in here. Here's something I found on the web. <laughs> just me, mice window. It's just me, mice window. Hey, uh, what was I going to say? Probably outro. That's right. We can be heard on the Magic of the Mouse Radio every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Wow. You can check out Magic of the Mouse Radio for the best Disney music and podcast 24-7 by visiting... Raw, D, uh-oh, raw, D, uh-oh. Just do it once. And also put bobsandbanthas.com ahead of it. Ahead of it with okay. a forward slash, which is the one that leans to the right at the top and the bo- and the left at the bottom. It's the one that looks a little lazy. Yep. Yep. Thanks so much for following us on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star written review. You know, we love to know what you think about this show. It helps other people find out about it. Oh, definitely. And it's super easy to do. Well, how how would somebody do it? Well, you go right over into the little appity dap that you have. You do tappity doop. Okay. And you leave a flip, flip, flip. And then I go one star, two star, three star, four, five hey. star, leave a review and more. Yay. And that's what you do. 
great. I would love a five-star review, especially this holiday season when Scott's finding himself in need of more candy corn. Oh, so much candy. I do not like candy corn. Mm. I really don't like candy corn. We'd like to take this time to thank a listener. Oh, yay. Love listener segments. We'd like to thank a special banthetier. Oh, fun. Phosphorescence, who follows us on Instagram. She joins us for our yeah. Instagram live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said 10 stars if it was available. Oh, wow. Scott, I'm giving you 10 stars. She's talking to me. Yeah, no, I can tell because she's used your name. I get it. Scott, I'm giving you 10 stars to offset the other low reviews uh, that we don't want to best. talk about. Yep. Bob says Zambanthas never disappoints me. From the crazy pumped up on Slurpee rambling talk yes. to the tips given, you two are always entertaining and totally worth listening to. I assume she means you and your hair. Probably. She hasn't mentioned you yet. That's what I'm saying. I feel silly because on one show you were talking about things to do and things not to do when at Disneyland, and I feel like I broke a few of those things yeah, it's okay. and a few of those rules. My brother and I went to Disneyland for the first Oogie Boogie Bash, Yes, and I wasn't prepared with an autograph book, and I saw Maleficent, and I panicked and, fran- and frantically... What'd you go with? Bottom of the shoe? Hold on. Side of the nose. <laughs> Bottom of the shoe. Hey, Maleficent, you Hold saw on. my shoe? <laughs> Is Maleficent dating Mace Windu now? Yeah, I guess so. Where was I in this? I saw Maleficent and I panicked and frantically was looking through my purse for a single piece of paper, a gum wrapper, or anything, even just a broken piece of lead for her to sign it, and I ended up using my Disneyland map for her to sign. Oh, that's kind of cute, though. That made sense. Yeah. And then met all my other favorites and had them sign the same map, not knowing that it was taboo for the cast members. I think that's a great idea, signing a map. It's taboo for the cast members to sign the map? I don't think so. Because it acknowledges that Disneyland's a place instead of a realm that they actually live in? I think signing the map is a great idea. Just bring a Sharpie. Don't use a broken lead pencil. Yeah, I promise from now on I'll be prepared and not break those cast member rules. Keep giving me those tips and tricks so before I know it, I will be the best guest at Disneyland ever. Oh, you're already the best listener. Aaron. Oh, I got it. Yay. Fox for reference. I want my first ever Dole Whip. So please wear your Bob's Mantha shirt. To be with me? Oh, sorry. Keep going. So when I'm there, and I'll be keeping an eagle eye out for you. Yeah, I also do. love to get a photo with the Mouse teenager because I love her love for Disneyland Aww. and her segments always make me happy. Yay. Keep it up, Bob's and Banthas. Ten stars. Five stars. Nice. Thank you, Phosphor Effens. What a great review. Such a wonderful review. You can leave a review like Phosphor Effens, less than 200 words. You don't have to, you know, you, you aspire to that review. You don't That's get right. there. If you want to write that much, yeah. we would love it. We like reading it. We love reading it. Thanks. And we'll read it on the show. Hey, you can visit us at bobsandbanthas.com. You can support us, patreon.com forward slash bobsandbanthas. This week, we're talking a lot about the 80s. Yes. We're talking a lot about the challenges of going to theme parks in the current in climate that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about that? Yeah. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. No, we are. You got to become a patron to get get it, get this jivity jive going. <laughs> you can wear us over at tpublic.com. You can send us an email, podcast at com. if you have a show idea, something you want to talk to us about. And you can join us and the Bantha Tears over on Instagram for all the fun we have. We're at bobsandbanthas. Mm-hmm. Until next week. He's been Aaron. Man, put that put that saw track back on. I just like to. It's pretty great. And I've been Scott. He was Scott. Great. See you later. We'll see you next week. Bye. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night. Now there are more new rides for more fun. 
synthomagnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound, yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done.